Hey there, thanks so much for joining us. My name is Jeremiah and I'm an effectiveness coach with the Alberta Northwest Territories District. Joining me today in our coaches corner and for the next few episodes is uh, is Bob Jones, who's also a coach with the Alberta Northwest Territories District and John Alveston, who also is a church coach with the Alberta Northwest Territories District. So welcome guys, thanks for joining us today. Good to be here. Excellent, good to be here. So we're talking about what we're seeing in churches as we're coaching churches and working with churches uh, in our province. And of course, what we're seeing all across the nation as well, not only in our denomination, but in other denominations as well. And it's January, 2021. And, and of course, <laughs> COVID is still a thing. We were hoping maybe it wouldn't be, but it still is. And of course um, it's affecting us all and it's affecting our churches. You know, John, why don't you, why don't you just talk about how, how COVID uh, has been affecting churches and particularly pastors over these past months. What are you seeing? Well, one of the things that COVID has done is is really frustrated a lot of our efforts. Hmm. Um, a lot of our pastors have, have wanted to make um, a big impact on the community, but a lot of the things that we were good at, for example, attracting a crowd, is things that we cannot do during these circumstances. So it's been frustrating that way. Um, there are other pastors that have sort of abandoned the mission um, to reach out and have just turned inward. And if we can just hang on to what little we have, um, we're going to make it through. But that's probably, I think, the least healthy way of looking at things um, is uh, if you look at the parable of the talents, um, it was uh, the wicked... <laughs> servant that decided, oh, I'm just going to hang on to what little I have. Uh, it was the servants that went out and risked um, that were called good stewards. Good stewardship isn't maintaining. Good stewardship is expanding. But at the same time, very frustrating to do when our old methods, the way we've been trained to do things, don't work anymore. That's so true. You know, it's it's tough to lead in these times as well. There's lots of different opinions going on about COVID and about regathering and masking and all of this. Bob, can you talk to us about how it's affecting the soul of, uh, of pastors in, in our churches? Well, I think it could be summed up in a bit of a soul sucker. Uh, it's uh, at times it, it feels like a, a punching bag. Um, and a lot of times we end up in a, in a reaction mode where, especially with COVID and the guidelines and, closing down churches and then opening up churches and then kind of restricting churches and then more restrictions. And it, there's just that constant sense of change. And when, you, we're in, when you're in an environment where everything seems to just be in a state of flux, uh, that can be a peace robber. Uh, like you're just looking for something that is uh, comforting actually. And uh, so I think a lot of people are, um, they've been a bit on their heels, um, but they've also been able to bounce back and uh, find the grit to, to find a way forward, to make the changes, uh, keep encouraging their congregations, um, trying to find ways that they can focus <clears throat> on purpose. Now there's a word for that and I'm hearing it more and more and I'm seeing it more and more and that is resilience. Uh, John, why don't you talk to us about what does resilience look like in pastoral leadership? I think a lot of resilience is being able to confront and deal with um, pain um, that we're going through. Uh, our natural inclination is to avoid pain, um, which is why I don't touch stove burners. Um, and I run away from bees. 
Uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, so that's our natural inclination, but that doesn't really help us um, in the long term. That the ability to work through that pain, to face through that pain, to get through those struggles rather than running away uh, or hiding or going to escapism or addiction or things like that. That's a pretty significant part of resilience. And one of the ways I've looked at it is there's a bit of a spectrum that we're all on. On one end of the spectrum, we have the three-year-old um, who loses their mind when they don't get the blue cup. And on the other end, you've got Winston Churchill who has the entire Nazi Air Force bombing London and he's still fighting, we will not surrender, we'll never give up. Um, we're somewhere in between Winston Churchill and the toddler. And I think resilience is how we're moving along that spectrum and that continuum. And so, Bob, how do you see pastors developing resilience during this time? And how, how do you do it? I guess I'll go back into my football coaching days. I've always tried to source stuff from there. And um, coaching football players, we always told them that football is a hitting sport. It's not a contact sport. It's a hitting sport. So you're going to get hit. You're going to get uh, hurt. And if you're on the field, there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. If you're hurt, get back up take their best shot and get back up. If you're injured, then you stay down. Uh, a lot of stuff we're facing, it hurts us, um, but we're not injured. And the ability to get back up again, uh, I think that's the definition of resilience. The ability to, to come back after a setback, uh, to know that, that you're tough enough, to know that you have the wherewithal. And, and uh, you know, in football, you want to win a game. In ministry, you want to fulfill God's purpose for our lives. You want to be on track with mission and doing what Jesus wants us to do. And, and I think if you have a why, then you can figure out a how. Uh, that if you get knocked down, you, you want to get back up again to continue on to achieve that why, your purpose. That's very motivational. That's inspirational and helpful. That's so good, Bob. I, I like how you made that, that differentiation between um, being hurt and being injured. Because one of the things that I, I see as restricting our resilience is not treating injuries so you know one of the, the 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 way people deal with their pain is to pretend the pain doesn't exist and there is that difference between playing hurt and playing injured and not seeking the help um I, i've seen a lot of pastors flame out because they were injured and didn't treat the injury and decided no i'm just gonna man up and uh, pretend like it's not there. And that's not a healthy way of dealing with things. Yeah, and I was thinking about that too, how, you know, when we say, just get back up, get back up, but we're not actually solving anything. We're just kind of getting back up and we're going forward and we're weary. What do we say to pastors that are dealing with that weariness in this season? Well, I think the... Uh really calm under pressure, the ability to uh, lean into what Jesus said. What's helped me is the idea of the word abide, that um, even if I'm injured or hurt, um, to, to be rooted in Jesus, to abide in Jesus, to rest in him, to recognize. I remind myself of my identity, of my calling, of why I'm here, of what I'm doing, um, to be in the center of God's will. And I know that might sound like a trite phrase, but it's real. Uh, what's helped me through is um, 
just to know that what I'm doing is what God's called me to do. The directions, the steps we're taking um, are something that um, in agreement with other leadership, we felt to do. So when, it, when you get knocked down, when it feels hard, when you feel uh, hurt, um, the ability to remind yourself, hey, this is, I'm doing this on purpose. This is intentional. Uh, this is in unity. And I'm going to get back up with others and keep moving forward. Is there a place, John, for us to, to work in, together with other people to reach out when we're feeling this way? And how do we do that? Well, I think there, there's a, a couple of things. One, we need to reach out for our own benefit. So reach out to friends, to people that we confide in, the reach out to professionals. Um, so our cup is full. But also going through struggles allows us to relate to others. Now, as coaches, all three of us, and we, we've heard a little bit of our own stories, all of us have accumulated a significant number of scars. Um, you know, I've heard a friend of mine joke that he's got an entire set of Cutco knives he can pull right out of his back. Um, but it's because we've gone through those hard times that we can relate to people who are themselves are going through hard times. Um, now, I'm not where James is at, where I consider it pure joy when I experience trials of many kinds. Uh, I don't know if I'm ever going to get that quite that mature, but I do see the value that even in those hard times, um, the crushing of the grapes can produce some wine and it allows us to, to connect with others um, because we've gone through pain. Hmm. Now, Bob, you had mentioned earlier that you have seen some of our pastors really responding with grit. Can you share a couple of stories or just some insights in what you've been seeing that way? Well, I, I think the uh, ability to make adaptive changes uh, is one of those evidences, right? And so uh, congregations that may have been um, inbound or inward looking, um, since they can't gather together, um, began to occupy their time by looking outward. And so um, whether it's at, you know, this past Christmas, when rather than inviting people to church, um, congregation in Cold Lake created an, a light the nativity and uh, had houses in their congregation be lit up and each of the houses uh, told part of the Christmas story. And so people came to the church, um, they got a, a program, uh, FM station to tune into and then drove by these houses and, and heard about the Christmas story. Uh, people uh, reaching out uh, during the big spend in July uh, and shopping local. Um, and trying to make an intentional um, connection with community uh, rather than going to business to ask for their support, to go to the business to buy gift cards and to encourage others to shop local. Um, they've just found little, small, practical, caring ways uh, to, to make a, a difference. And when life gets hard, you know, and, and you're kind of in that midnight hour, John, what are some of the things that pastors should be contemplating and doing when they're when they're feeling like they're they're redlining and they're on the edge well i think extending grace to themselves is pretty important mm. um and, and decent pastoral care to themselves like it it matters how we treat ourselves one of the the most common pieces of advice i often give to pastors is pretend that you're your friend how would you treat you if you were a friend? What kind of words of encouragement would, give, would you give to you if you were a friend? 
Um, what kind of care would you recommend as if you were a friend? Often we're way too hard on ourselves and we say nasty, nasty, mean things to ourselves in the mirror. Um, we need to really flip that script and treat each other, treat ourselves well. Um, and when we are burned out to give us that time of rest, I mean, Jesus himself had times of rest. Jesus himself had times where he withdrew, uh, where he re-energized. And we need to do that as well. Um, when we neglect our own self-care, we're not doing anybody any kind of favors. Um, that is not heroic. That's just dumb. Mm. Bob, any other uh, thoughts on that? Uh, well, even developing a sense of humor. I have to work at that myself. But uh, I found that calm really is contagious as a leader. And when you're going through a situation, um, the, the calmer you are as a leader, the more you can calm yourself, the more you calm your congregation. And I think calm uh, actually creates a sense of being courageous. Uh, when we went through at North Point, having um, the road in front of our facility shut down because they wanted to pave it, um, the city actually forgot that we were on the road. And so they didn't realize and so we discovered that not for 10 weeks, but for 10 months, um, they would have to build a road into our property. The only people who would ever see our church was the people who were looking for a church. It was hard to find our church. We all felt initially panicked. What's gonna happen? We were just newly planted. It's not gonna go well. We decided to just take a deep breath and figure out how could we approach this? And so we did a whole, started with a series of messages on being undetoured and uh, just talking about being under construction. and trying to make the best of a bad situation. We actually grew as a congregation during those 10 months. And, and I think it just contributed the whole idea of just the resiliency through calmness, sense of humor, uh, believing your life matters, uh, being optimistic um, and having a rational thought process and being able to deliver that. So John, tell me what gets in the way of being resilient. Like why, why aren't we like that? What, what, would, what would be some blockages to, to doing that and maybe reverting? Well, sometimes I think it's because of a flawed gospel understanding. Uh, too often, in, particularly in the 20th century church, we presented Jesus as a product to buy rather than a master to follow. And when we present Jesus as a product that we can buy, uh, we get this understanding that following Jesus is just going to make my life easy, and it's not going to be difficult and that's the product I'm buying. And if when I do face difficulties, I'm not prepared for that. When we have a better gospel understanding that Jesus said, follow me, um, that we're becoming these new creations in Christ so that we can participate in his ministry of reconciliation, we're joining a battle. That's what we're signing up for. When we're following Jesus, we're following him through hard times. And that's Quite frankly, what he promised us is that we were going to be facing trials and difficulties. So if we know that's what we've signed up for, then it's not some kind of a shock when things go wrong. Then it's not some kind of a shock when people criticize us or say mean things or unfair to us or, or whatever. Hey, that is what we signed up for. Um, if I'm playing tennis, yeah, I'm going to be really shocked if somebody comes up and just hits me. Uh, but if I'm the offensive lineman, that doesn't freak me out because I know that's part of the game. And I think if we have sort of some of that core theological understanding that, you know what, 
we were going to have, and we are going to have pain in this life. Um, and that is what we signed up for. I love that. That's so huge. How do you avoid then this kind of woe is me, everything is this Eeyore kind of mentality and everything is terrible. How do you avoid that? Well, I know one of the things that I've done, um, and it's just to put myself on sort of the blue cup Winston Churchill spectrum, is remind myself that uh, there are pastors in Southeast Asia who've been put in prison and had bamboo shoots stuck up their fingernails. Okay, yeah, that's not happened to me. Some people were not nice to me. Uh, some people maybe said some untrue things, but I've never had to face imprisonment and torture. Um, so just getting maybe a little bit of perspective, and that's 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 hard for us to do as people. I mean, that's yeah, it, it, it's it's a challenge to do that, but to try to get a little bit of perspective of what we're facing. And that's so good. And that's why you have people to help you. You have friends to lean on. You. You know, you, you do all of that kind of stuff so that you can have that gift of perspective and um, put yourself in a right mind in a, in a right place. I know for me working on uh, the mission field for a while, that was one of the main things we had to equip our global workers with was resilience. Because from almost the moment they stepped off the plane, things fell apart. <laughs> Plans they had didn't go through. They had a house that they wanted to stay in. And you know, they're booking it overseas and then when they get there, it's totally different and they got to figure out how to get their kids into school and how to travel and, you know, how to, how to, how to ride a motorcycle in Asia, <laughs> all, of these, all of these things. And it's one thing after another and after another and after another. And uh, it feels sometimes in, in Canada that maybe we haven't, for our pastors, we haven't focused on, uh, on building up that resilience enough. So Bob, talk to us about some resources that, that, are, that are out there, some ways that pastors can strengthen uh, this aspect of their leadership. Well, uh, again, going back to uh, even just following a personal devotional Bible study on YouVersion. YouVersion has a number of different uh, uh, passages and uh, devotionals that you can read that relate to um, how to handle adversity, uh, dealing with mental health, finding peace in the midst of chaos. Um, I, I'm a word guy and going back to the Bible and just feeding my soul with that. So that's been a big source of my own uh, help. Um, the ability to, you need to be vulnerable if you want to have resilience because you need other people. Uh, you can't really do this alone. And the ability to open up is to someone else uh, that's, that you trust, a friend, uh, is uh, an avenue that you can follow that would just recognize you're not in this alone. I think what John said about perspective as well, that every setback's not the end of the world. Uh, the ability to, to not necessarily dismiss the, the uh, setback, but to recognize that you can optimize your comeback. That's the big thing, that you're going to come back from this. Joe, what about you? What are some resources that, that are out there or available to people to, to, uh, to build this in their lives? One of the best resources, particularly if you're in Western Canada, is uh, Carith Creek. Um, you get to go to this five-star resort, essentially, um, for the pr less than the price you'd spend at a Motel 8. Uh, and get refreshed, get some help, get some counseling. Um, the pastors that we've sent there have come back with such glowing reports of health and restoration 
and renewed clarity and renewed vision. Uh, that's, that's something that I would strongly recommend um, pastors who are going through a tough time is invest and have their churches invest in uh, a week at Carith Creek. That's a great idea. And we'll put the link to that in the show notes, as well as I know, Bob, you've been developing some, some blogs and you'll be doing a webinar. And I think you said you'll be hosting a sanctuary uh, course sometime late in January. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that is about? Sanctuary is a Canadian-based uh, mental health course that really gives people a language on how to connect with those that are either facing uh, mental health challenges or even mental illness. But part of that is uh, about building in resiliency through community, uh, just the ability to connect uh, with someone else and be able to share your story. So yes, we'll be, uh, we'll be sharing that uh, in the third week of uh, January. And as well, the first week of January, we're gonna be putting up videos of interviews with uh, Olympians, um, pastors, doctors, that will talk about how they source resilience. That is so awesome. And I'm thankful you can always visit the abnwt.com website for more uh, of that information, as well as another website uh, that's been developed called pastoralcare.ca. And in there, you'll find all sorts of webinars that address these kinds of things. And pastors, we, we, uh, we want you to make yourself available to these things. We want you to see uh, yourselves and build resilience in your lives, in your ministries, and in your families. And and if you're a, a part of a denominational network or you're, you're a coach like we are, uh, please avail yourself of these resources or steal these ideas. Um, and uh, because why? We wanna see you uh, strong. We wanna see you confident. And we wanna see you um, being able to lead your churches in, in a way that is towards the Great Commission, making disciples who make disciples. And so uh, thanks so much, Bob and John, for joining us today. My pleasure. You're welcome. And we will see you again. Until next time.